Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again. Another day, another episode of The Core Report. Black Broadway presents The Core Report. Uh, man, you know, I normally love to go into my headlines and I like to, you know, talk about all of the secondary stories that we're dealing with within this COVID-19 crisis that, you know, has encapsulated all of our lives. But uh, I heard really uh, um, a poignant quote and it just really, you know, solidifies what this is for black people in this whole entire time. It's two viruses. It really is. It's COVID-19 and it is the virus of white supremacy and segregation and just discrimination that has been ruining us for decades. So we're dealing with two crises. Shout out to everybody who's only dealing with one. We're dealing with two right now. And now that that first crisis has started to take some shape to where society is quote unquote reopening and states are deciding what they're going to do moving forward with their economy and so on and so forth. The second virus, which never ever went anywhere to begin with, has found even more noticeable and pronounced ways to wear its ugly head, man. There's no way that we can talk about anything else in America if you're black. Like, there's nothing else happening. Like, we've woken up, we've woken up again for in another month, another year, another decade watching blatant police disregard for black life. When people say black lives matter, I'm not going front. I understand the people who have that issue with Black Lives Matter from the perspective of, oh, well, there's gang killings and da-da-da-da-da-da. I mean, that's semantics. But what I'm saying, when we say Black Lives Matter, we say Black Lives Matter to these authorities. They have to matter to the authorities. We're pleading for Black Lives to matter to the authorities, and we've constantly been rebuffed. They never do. They never will, and they never have. Um, one of my favorite books that I've been reading throughout this entire quarantine, I finished it, but it's one of the favorite books that I've read throughout this whole quarantine, is called A History of Violence, All God's Children, A History of Violence in the American System. This is where we come from. This is where we live. These are the people that are in charge of dealing with our interactions on a day-to-day -day basis. There's one segment of the population that sees the police as a protective force. They're there to protect them. They're public servants. And there's another segment of the population that I belong to that sees the police as an occupying force, that sees them as, at worst case, enemy combatants. That's not changed. That is historically what the police, in some ways, were established to do. A lot of the laws, a lot of the way of administering the law is a direct descendant of the slave codes. A lot of these things are directly descended from slave codes that were enacted to put formerly enslaved individuals back into state custody because that's the whole thing here. We are still state property, man. We're still here. We are still um, an asset, a uh, belonging, and ultimately like a problem or a, 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 a situation for the state to solve to their benefit, not to ours. Now, value. Right. States and not, not individual states within the United States, but we're talking about nations. And amongst the whole globe of white supremacy, states determine their value on how they deal with the problem of the, 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 the colored 
the poor, the indigent person. You know what I'm saying? And unfortunately, it has shaped out over the past few centuries to for them to put people of a darker hue, people who look like me and my family, in this permanent underclass. We're not, we don't even count anymore. We are a part of a permanent and forever identifiable underclass. And because we're a part of that underclass, the treatment that they that we receive from these quote unquote public servants has become increasingly, increasingly more vile because we are not supposed to be a part of this society. We're really not. We're not. And like my man JV just asked, what can we really do? My whole entire point, my whole entire thought process is this has to be about repatriation. This has to be about leaving. Me and my wife, we talk about it all the time. You cannot beat the game out here, bro. The game is rigged. The game started before we were born, our parents were born, our grandparents were born. My father, as a journalist, spoke about this for his whole entire life. He talked about the various ways in which this system was entirely designed to go against our prospering and well-being at a, on a general level. Like, again, slavery. Slavery wasn't meant for slaves to thrive. It was meant for slaves to survive, and we all have survived. But in order to thrive, certain things need to be in place. The people who founded this country, who we call the, the founding fathers, they knew that too. They understood that we need to have the idea that we can have hope, that we can have life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. Those things appeal to our better angels. Those are the things that are going to allow us to create this great country and allow us to have these high ideals and to strive for these, quite frankly, in some ways, dubious technological inventions. I mean, let's talk about it all the way from the history of flight to skyscrapers, infrastructure, automobiles, the cotton gin, all of these things. I mean, yeah, okay, they were great inventions, but arguably, who did they help? What did they really take and greatly improve for society, especially this society? you got to ask yourself these questions. We're not ever asking the right questions. We're always asking, how could this happen? Why does this happen? We know how it happened. We know why it happened. We've seen all of these things come to pass several times in several different ways. You have to stop asking the wrong questions. Now you have to ask yourself, what am I prepared to do about it from an action standpoint? And if I'm not prepared to take certain actions, do I have a contingency plan in place for if I want to leave this place? Can I leave this place? You know what I'm saying? Like you said in the African communities, Geronimo, we cannot beat the enemy with his own medicine. You know what I'm saying? All this, there's just fighting in this paradigm is stupid to me. You know what I'm saying? What are we fighting for? And I understand that we have a psychic attachment to America. Shit, we have a physical attachment to America. We built this place in reality. But, man, at some point in time, you have to recognize that you're in an abusive relationship. (laughs) At some point in time, you have to recognize that this country and everybody who says that they have a stake in keeping it operating the way it has been, they don't have our best interests in part. Thank you, Julian. Fuck this place. 
yo, this play, America does not slap that much for me to really, really want to just say, yeah, oh, man, I'm ready to go out for America. When I was a kid, I used to love soldiers. I used to love the military, the Marines, all of that. If I had one droplet of belief in America, I definitely would have been in the military. I don't. So therefore, I'm not. I don't believe in this country at all, fam. And this is one. It's it's terrible because we have been socialized from literally the second we step into any institutional building that America, above all, not only its physical presence, but its ideas are something just to be held up high, holy. America is God bless America. America is God. God bless America and only America. It's interesting that we say that. It's interesting that we have these sporting events that it's all about whoop-de-whoop and it's all about yeah, let's let's be patriotic and let's show this country, you know, the best of what we have to offer. But we don't do that in the courts. We, we don't do that in, you know, in our educational system. This shit is crazy. This country that we have built, we've been growing up to love and respect. Never loved and respected us. This shit has been this shit has been a lie, folks. It's just I hate to, you know, just come straight out and say it because I understand that there are a lot of people who feel as though they did well in America. Hey, I know a lot of people from the immigrant community. A lot of my friends, their families came to this country for a chance at a better life. But the thing that they have and that's different from us is that they understand that this place contains wickedness, a lot of it. We are born and built to believe that this place contains the best. And we're the best. We're a part of the best. Like, where we're from is the best. There's nothing else better. It is ridiculous, fam. Yo, Julian, I'm so glad you... You're, the comments are great segues because this is what's happening. I'd like to talk about repatriation, but here's the thing about repatriation. They're not going to allow that, folks. Like, there was, a one, there was a man named Marcus Mosiah Garvey who lived in the, late, in the early 19th, pardon me, 20th century. His whole entire platform was, black people, let's go. Let's just leave. The racist of 2020, that's their favorite, you know, talking point. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. You don't like it? Love it or leave it. America, love it or leave it. Yo, when we tried to leave, the FBI was created to stop us from leaving. They don't want us to leave. They want servants. The only way that we are going to be able to demand to command the respect that we deserve is we're going to have to take it. Arms. We live in a country where, where arms are rapidly, are, are widely available. A lot of us will arm ourselves to take things from our brothers. Like my man Jew said, man, people will arm themselves to do craziness. You know what I'm saying? People will arm themselves in, in an illegal fashion at that to do craziness to their brothers, but won't legitimately arm themselves, exercise their constitutional rights to buy firearms, to possess weapons, to even organize a militia and deal with this foolishness. These folks literally came to the state house of the great state of Michigan and stopped legislative business. Not one rubber bullet was fired. Not one tear gas canister was, was, was opened up. I didn't even see a helmet. I didn't see a helmet, fam. I did not see one riot helmet. I saw officers in regular uniforms with their faces fully exposed to deal with these clowns. 
We are down by a million right now, Jew. We are hurting in the game. There's no way that we should be, you know, as far behind as we are if we can actually, if we actually believe in the ability and the power that we have to get out here and force some change. If we're not forcing any change, if we're not forcing a hand, then it does seem like we don't believe in ourselves, man. It does seem like we're the ones with the problem. And that's the problem. Let's get out here and, let, and let's really do it. You know what I'm saying? The, the, uh, the Second Amendment, as it's structured right now, does allow for the ownership of quite a few private, <laughs> private arsenals. I mean, you can really create an arsenal. Like, people, people love to be gangsters. People love to say, yeah, I'm, I'm out here, I'm shooting this, I'm, you know, I got the strap, I got the drape. Where is it at? You know what I'm saying? Another, another super Sarge point. Yo, if you ever see me getting taken down by the police and the police are looking like they're even about to harm me, bam, take that motherfucker out. I am not going to watch any of y'all get pinned down to the ground by the police. I understand that's the fear in us, man. Like that. Thank you, JB. It's the ingrained mentality. We have fear of the... I'm not filming shit. Exactly, Drew. I ain't filming shit. Yo, I'm look, I'm reaching for the nearest rock something. You're going to have to get up off my man. Even if I just have to rush you and push you off of this man so this man can live. Fuck that. I'll go to jail. We can all go to jail together. We can all go to jail together. But at the end of the day, what I'm not going to do is go to your funeral. I'm not going to your funeral, man. I'm not going... It's going to hurt my spirit. If I have to go to your funeral, we all going to jail. We all going to jail. Big shouts to man Baltimore when Freddie Gray went down. Listen, Baltimore showed you. Look, we they can't lock all of us up, man. The civil rights movement actually showed you that. They can't lock all of us up. There is no actual way for them to confine and contain all of us physically. Mentally, though, man, we're in some shit. Like, we are literally in a space where... We have forgotten the, the constitutional freedoms that we pledge allegiance to this flag so co- so constantly provide us. Yeah, we got late. People get people want things. And I understand that. I understand people want things. Right. Thank you, Drew. But we don't have shit. So people want these nice shoes and these nice cars and these nice homes and these and these Gucci belts and all of that. It's one of my favorite things to say. Yo, there's no Gucci belts in the revolution, guys. There's, you know what I'm saying? There's no, there, there, none of that's going to happen. I'm sorry. There's not going to be any Balenciaga and, you know, an armed conflict with the police. And it certainly isn't going to help you. There's so many people though, man. I, we are going to organize ourselves around something real. I'm done. Like you say, Jew, man, we, we off talking. We got to organize around something real. We all love to have these little social clubs where we do Da, da 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 We drink together. We bullshit together. We hang out. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, how about let's get together and build some AR-15s. Let's get together and learn how, learn survival techniques. You know what I'm saying? Me and my son, we love to watch this show, Doomsday Preppers. Let's get together and learn how to prepare ourselves in the story, uh, in the case of an economic collapse, in the case of a global pandemic. There were people on that show who were literally preparing for a global pandemic. Shout out to them. They hit the lottery. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Drew, I do agree with you. There does need to be some aggressive, some aggressive uh, peace taking to all my chess players out here. You know, 
sometimes when you play chess, you give up a couple of pieces. You think, you know, we give up a couple of pieces here and there. It's all for position. Right now, you got to get into the space where you start taking these pieces, man. We got to start knocking some of their pieces off of the board because there's no, I don't think that there's any other way to make them pay attention. I'm tired of seeing racists in handcuffs. I'm tired of seeing racist murderers in handcuffs. I'm tired of hearing about racist murderers losing their jobs. Nigga, I lost my job. What are you talking about? I don't, I don't have any empathy or sympathy for someone losing their income after taking a life. I'm not concerned. That, none of that concerns me. What really concerns me is us not only honoring and remembering the person whose life was taken, but making sure that that does not happen again. One of my favorite things that anyone ever told me, it's okay to make mistakes. It's not okay to make the same mistakes. We're making the same mistakes, man. Thank you for joining in, Maul. I appreciate you because, yo, in real life, we've been talking about this offline. My man Maul has, from uptown, uptown, like we, we come from Northwest D.C. My man Maul has trained himself to be a, a thorough understander, a connoisseur even, of all kinds of weaponry, of all kinds of self-defense mechanisms, survival mechanisms. Thank you, love. Community saves lives. Yo, we are a community, man. I'm not, I'm not trying to, to build a brand. I don't want a sponsorship from Bacardi or Jameson or none of them motherfuckers. Because guess what? They're not invested in seeing my ascension. They are actually going to profit from my descension. However, if we can get together and build a community that teaches all of us how to go out here and do something, then we're dangerous. Then we're a problem. Like you said, all this marching and shit, all that stuff does really is put people on front street. That's for egos. That's for brands. That's for, you know what I'm saying, self-aggrandizement. You know what I mean? We're not here for that. We're not here for that, though. Missions, movements definitely need leaders and all of that. I'm totally with that. But at the end of the day, movements also need organization and they need real people. Oh, man, my fault. Hold up, cancel. Let me do that because I got to get Whitebeard on this. All right, boom. We got a request. Somebody checking in on the live. I think I know this young lady. I believe I know her very well. So let's get you in here. What happened? Did you come in? All right. Waiting on you. But anyway, like I was saying before, there's no point in subduing ourselves anymore. I don't think that there's a point in asking. I don't think that there's a point in trying to pull the <laughs> pull the politically respect respectable card. You know what I'm saying? Like none of that. I don't I don't play respectability politics. Like I this Chris Cooper, this Chris Cooper um, situation, for example, I appreciate the fact that people are, you know, bigging up Chris Cooper for his just general profile as a human being. My man's a bird watcher. You know what I'm saying? He lives in New York. He's da da da. That's great. But guess what? I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit if it was Lil Daquan in front of the 7-Eleven. If he told your ass to put the fucking dog on a leash, you do not have a right to threaten that man's life. You know what I'm saying? We, you don't have... To, and that's what she did. Calling the police is threatening someone's life. She said he threatened her life, but when you call the police on us, you threatening our life. 
You know that. Every every black man that's in this in this chat right now know that. Yo, we can't go outside and have confrontations with the police. We can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't they they feel as though we're a threat before we even start threatening. You know what I'm saying? Before we even start doing any threatening, we are a threat. So therefore, I just think that we should recognize our position and and move accordingly. My man Maul, OGQJ, that's my guy, man. High school, we've been down since the 90s. Man, I'm so proud of this guy, man, because he showed me how he was really going about, you know, getting himself prepared for the future, man. Getting himself prepared for what's to come, because it's coming, for real. You know what I'm saying? Hold on, I think I finally got out of my Teddy Riley bag. I got my first dial in. Hey, hey, there she is. Okay, look like you got somebody with you, too. Oh, I know her. <laughs> I know her. That's what's up. So you on the line, caller. What's, what's your comment, caller? Talk to me. I like what you said there, strategically, because that's another thing, too. This thing is definitely going to have to move strategically. All this marching and these random gatherings and protests, I, I love that. But, yo. But it's you, reactionary. It's reactionary. And you mentioned earlier about the difference between surviving and thriving. Mm -hmm. And as a people, we have been in survival mode for a long time understandably it's not no fault but just to say that we've been in survival mode and it it takes a lot of um strategic thought and intentional action to get out of that mode we were going to talk about last wednesday like our main yeah if we have any argument julie said we've been in survival mode forever if if we have any argument it's me i'm always in survival mode and you're always in thrive mode yeah i'm in attack mode i mean and i think that like my guys some of my guys here on this chat i love you for coming in with the with the female perspective on it because my guys we we on that we know how to survive we definitely but it's it reaches a point within our existence you know what i'm saying we want to we want to thrive we want to do more for our families, for our women, for our children. Like Julian said, we could go outside and get killed for absolutely no reason any day. So to push the envelope in the name of advancement and freedom, it almost seems like it, not almost, it is our obligation at this point in the game. Because, you well, know, the family needs that, us in that way. That's 
And that mm-hmm. also isn't that a uh, a pledge? It's our that's one of the camps that people say and stuff. Uh, it is our obligation to fight. It's our obligation to win. It is. So I I completely agree with what you're saying. I just think that um at the end of the day, uh, dying for something is a huge uh sacrifice that not many of us are willing to make. And there are uh, small things that you can do on a daily basis um, I love it. that can get us, draw us nearer to a solution. You're right, there baby. anyone to be ahead. You are right, love. You are right. Because we but all are... I love it. Hey, listen, I love you for checking in and coming in and getting on the live. Put my baby on the phone. Hey, <laughs> I love it. I'm a, thank you, baby. Peace. Yo. The fact, thank you, Ma. We don't need martyrs. We need warriors. Now, let's talk about that. I don't, I, this whole entire strategy, if anybody wants to check in, one of my warriors, please check in. And let's talk about how do we, how do we plan to keep ourselves in the war and not go out as symbolic martyrs? Because I think about that often. Um, in a situation like the situation that happened with, with the gentleman in Minneapolis, with the brother in Minneapolis. Yo, that brother didn't need to die. We can't film shit like that. We, as a community, we cannot allow those type of things to happen no more. As a community, we can't be filming those. We can't be posting that. I've never in my life posted a a police killing on my Instagram, Twitter, or anything else. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm starting to say, if you're filming it, you pussy. If If you're not a part of the... The, the heist, like this white man in um, Georgia was with the Ma Aubrey situation, and you filmed some bullshit like that, you are at fault. I'm sorry. I'm just not giving nobody. I, 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 can't, I can't film this shit no more. I, I don't give a fuck. I'm not a cameraman. You know what I'm saying? I know some great cameramen. Shout out to Born Off Conflict and G2S Quiet. Those brothers are, are cameramen documentarians. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. This shit is desensitizing us. We're out, we're out here, man. Like, I can't keep seeing brothers get killed on the news, man. It's doing, to, it's doing something to me. It's doing something to me. I have a son. Like, yo, I don't want to die, and I damn sure don't want him to die. I don't want him to see me die. To think about that. It's just, it's horrifying, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, this tweet, the one tweet that I've seen that's resonated with me so much, the chick, uh, Quinita, said, man, you could just be having a regular good old day as a black person. And you got to look up and see somebody getting murdered. And you have to respond to it. Because if you don't respond to it, then that speaks a lot. If you do respond to it, then you know what I'm saying? Like, you're being judged on your response. And I've just noticed who has the luxury of not responding. I've noticed, I've noticed that, yo, I'm going to go ahead and put it right out there. There are a lot of culture vulture-ass motherfuckers on the scene, they DJs, they bartenders, they hang out, they out here all the time, kicking it, doing drugs, fucking with everybody. But when some shit like this go down, oh, radio silence. They heard nothing. You know what I'm saying? They wasn't even fucking with the nip situation until that got cool. Hmm. Just think about that. They, you know what I'm saying? We already know. They have a lot of fun at the clubs with us. They kick it with us. We're all good. We we cool, we super cool to hang out with and have fun with. But to fight with, nah. They don't want to do that. They don't want to kick it with us on that level. Maul, I'm trying to get you in, bro. Hold up. Let me see. Boom. 
I added you. All right, so we waiting on you because I definitely want to hear from you. Exactly. They don't talk about shit. They don't talk about shit politically. They don't talk about shit culturally. There we go. There we go. Yeah, there we go. My brother. What's happening? Checking in from uptown. I see you. Yeah, yeah, I'm up town like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I see you, bro. I see them trees. I know where you at. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, man. What's happening? Ma, like, yo, like I said, man, I really want you. I'm a, We're going to dedicate this hour one day to what you've been doing, man, because you showed me yeah. that. And that just took me on a whole nother loop, man. This brother is not only educating himself about firearms, he's building them. Talk to me, Ma. Yeah, dog. Um, I think this is the new norm for me, bro. Like I am not, I am not about the um, the passiveness anymore. I'm tired of ducking in my neighborhood, in my street. I'm just tired, bro. So, you know, I went out and literally, I think it was just like you said, it was educating folk. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting around people that were like minded mm-hmm. enough to be like, hey, I'm looking at farm areas I so I can get away. Um, ain't nobody gonna be able to stop me and and you know what I'm saying in my process of, of trying to move about mm-hmm. like I was messing with my folks today. I was like, Y'all ain't gotta worry when I'm in the woods. There you go. You know what I'm saying? Like There you go. Yo, we gotta we gotta build a community out there. Let me tell you something that I've noticed, Ma, and this is what we notice with gentrification. Wherever we go is where they wanna be. Wherever right. we go is where they wanna That's be. Right. We move That's the culture. Right. We move so what's, what's cool, yeah, what's yeah. popping in America. We about to make we, the woods we, lit. We about to, listen. Ma, we about to make the woods. The, the woods been lit. The Y'all woods been, been lit. lit. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't never <laughs> lie. And look, I have some friends who always talk about how we as African Americans, how we consider ourselves African Americans heavily, but there's a large indigenous uh, strain within our bloodlines that connects us to this land in a different way that we can understand. But that's a whole other story. But go ahead. Listen, mm-hmm. I have found the most peace I've ever had sitting on land. So the other day, so maybe about, a, I think I showed you the pictures maybe like a week or two ago or something like Yeah, that. about a week ago. About so, a week ago. All right, so it's about a week ago. So I'm sitting in the middle of a soy field. Soy field? In Southern Maryland. In Southern Maryland? And I realized, dog, I ain't got to worry about being called a nigga right here, dog, on this, on this here podcast. That's what I'm talking about. Like, because you're not having it. A, I'm not having Because <laughs> you're not having it. So it made me realize that, you know, we need more people to get out and be like, hey, let me experience something. So Absolutely. I'm trying to get my friends to experience that part of life, you know what I'm we saying? We're going to get our tribe, there. man. We're going to find our tribe. Being self-sustainable. Dog. Yes. Like, I, you know, if you ain't got to spend your money with them people, don't do it. The only thing I'm at right now, dog, you know me, I, I, I've been this way since... Since, you have, since you nine five, since you know, Paul. I've known this brother over half my life, man. We've known each other half, like literally half our lives. Straight up, that ass, so, that ass, man. And I like gonna, I, the only part of if I can find somebody that can make tennis shoes, dog, I'm gone. I'm leaving Nike. I, I feel you, Ma. Because everybody else get my money, like dog. I wear all my friends' clothes. Yeah, Max's clothes. That's big, I you know. And, and I love that. That's something I do love about being from DC, dog. Yo, we will rock the, the local clothing line in a heartbeat. Fucking designer. 
Madness me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Spread the love me. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, I said the beans. I need to go and get the Hey, beans. come on. You know Beans, my boy. Shit, I know Beans since elementary school. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> get me out the way. Man. Absolutely. So, man, you crazy, man. This is our community right here. Like you said, we can clothe ourselves. We can feed ourselves. Shout out to all the chefs I know. You know what I'm saying? All my Instagram Dark chefs. Farming. All my all my botanists and herbalists out here, man. I got mad people that man from Green Things Works, Maria, Barn Bean DC, man. I could get busy with it, man. Fuck that. You got us covered with the smoke. Bouquet got us. Exactly. What are you crazy? Exactly. Man. Like we look at that's what that's another reason why we looking at farm space. We okay. Yeah, you like, need to get into hemp farming. Hemp farming. That's what we're doing. Fam, we all love weed, but that's cool. Yeah. Fuck that. We need hemp farming. We need hemp. We need, hemp. We need some sustainable, some sustainable fibers that we can do some multiple things with. I just love can't. It. We just can't say we just gonna smoke this weed all day. Thank we gotta you. be able to make some rope. We gotta be able to make right. some textiles. We gotta make right. some stuff. Like, Thank you. Know, we're gonna really be self-sufficient and self-sustainable. We really have to be able to make some shit. And that's all this really is, bro. How? Yeah. Let me ask you, man. How have you been spreading this, man? I know we rocking with Instagram right now, but like, I mean, have you been able to link with some brothers, man? Do y'all have like so a, a socially gotta, distanced gotta, safe gotta, space? So you know, I'm, I was late to the dad group. <laughs> oh yeah, you yeah, you got the little one. How old is yeah, your little man now? Man, you know, I got two. I got a six and a four year old. Wow, fam. Yeah, that's all. So, oh, you right in the in them toddler aggressive years right now. <laughs> It's aggressive. I'm trying to teach these little youngins love. It's aggressive. It's self awareness right now. That's the that's the the thing that I'm trying to get them in. Uh, I mean, I think for me, I was in a fatherhood group. um, Okay. Okay. Friends that he does a lot of um, content for social media and different things. He put a lot of us together. Wow. And to me, to me, I really believe, dog. It was almost like putting the Avengers. I love it. A, it sounds like it. Before they knew what it was. It like, sounds like it. So like, every, like literally everybody is, has like a specialty. Multiple talents. Multiple things. Like, Dope. you know, uh, alone, alone, we Dope. are all forces to be reckoned with. Uh, you you guys together, together. Are, a mastermind group. Uh, exactly, yo, I read, you know, all these books that people like to read and shit, and they try to read them and thinking that they're going to make them rich overnight or something like that. That's not the thing. It's about the mind state. And when I read that in that Napoleon Hill book, Once Upon a Time Long Ago, they talked about the mastermind group. I understood Mm -hmm. that as being just something that a real smart nigga told me once upon a time long ago. Don't be the smartest nigga in the room. Yeah. You just if you're the smartest nigga in the room, find another room. You need to change. You, need you to gotta change. get up out of that room. You gotta change your room. And, and that, that is that's just the gospel that I live that by. You know what I'm saying, yo? Hey, shout out to Jess Marie. Hey, hey, all right, showing love, man. Everybody checking hey, in on the live. Man, the, the live is checking in, yeah. man. It's lit, man. You know I appreciate you. Yeah. Like I said. You got to get out here. We want to spread as much knowledge to people as possible, even when it comes to our buying power. There are things we do have to purchase, but we can spend our money better. You know how pissed off I be when I see these rappers with these fucking racks running them up their arm. And I'm like, yo, you're not even doing nothing with that money. You can do real shit with that money. You're not doing shit with that bread. You like. 
you know, I was a I was a heavy chain person. Like, yeah, you know oh yeah, yeah, yo, Ball did enjoy a good chain. <laughs> I was a heavy chain guy. <laughs> You know, it's a respectable rope, man. We we it's gentlemen of a certain age right. nowadays. You know, a respectable I rope. <laughs> I don't need to be out here with these things on. And, and nationals closed know. anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Talk to them. Talk to them. They wasn't outside. Hey, Ma, they wasn't outside. <laughs> They wasn't going to nationals getting jewelry repairs, so we can't even. We on different levels, and that's what I'm saying. We've been through all of that shit, man. Like, tell me the new goals, man. What's the new goals, Ma? I think, I think, I think the new goal right now, dog, is we have to, like somebody said earlier, we have to think of a strategic plan. Like I was telling people in my group, hey, dog, if y'all want to be talkers and go ahead to talk to people. Go ahead and talk to them. Do that. I am a general. You know what I'm saying? I feel I you. Arsenal. I feel I you. Prepared. I love it. That's what I'm talking about, Ma. Everybody got plenty pot. Fam, you know who I feel like? I feel like, yo, I've always been and, and am a minister of information. I'm you a, I'm, are. You are. I'm a minister you, of information. Fam, because I fucking you know. <laughs> you are the, the beater of the drum. Yo, I got somebody got to beat that joint. Some and somebody can't and niggas be scared to beat the drum. You know they. I'm telling you, I know a lot of cats. I feel called to do it, and the only reason I feel called to do it is because I know a lot of cats who I feel like would be good at it and could help. And they doing bullshit. Niggas is out here fucking around. I'll be like, come on, bro. Let me show you how to do this, son. I'm not scared. Folk that ain't doing nothing. Yeah, and the like, more and more we can see that, and 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 I think you know we have to figure out what we're going to do. Yes, like we're gonna, like you know what I'm saying. Like we have to strategic, like I said, like the strategic comes to, to the. If even if it's just taking a poll to saying, "Hey, yo, who willing to fight, bro?" Like Fact. somebody willing to throw these bricks. Who's like, willing to go? Bricks, All it would have took was one person to push whatever that clown ass officer was. Off that and man, and he could have lived. That's Fuck it, it. we would have gone to jail. We niggas go to jail every day. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> every day. I've been in all these districts. I've been in all of them. Like Central, DC jail, whatever. Fuck them. Like I'm trying to come home. That's the point. That's the point. One rock would have, one, one rock would have stopped that whole situation. the whole thing. With enough time to give someone another opportunity to think about the next step. Exactly. Like, and that's all you want. That's you all we asking. It's time. Break this shit up. It's, and, time. it's been time. It's been time, it's been man. Time. You know what I'm saying? And and did you see, like Julian is just saying, a mob rush and they retreat. And it don't even have, and when it's us, you we don't even have to be armed. It kind of speaks a lot that they're not scared of a whole group of grown ass white men with big ass guns and, and, and cannons, but they scared the shit of some black teenagers. <laughs> they, but they want to bring out the, they want to punish them. I looked at that, mm-hmm. that protest mm-hmm. that was in Michigan, that Michigan protest where they stormed the state house. Mm-hmm. Right? I looked at those guns. All of the guns had 30 round clips in them. In them. These people ain't playing. They get that loaded. These people ain't playing. Cocked and decocked. And loaded. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let us do the same. How many of us are feel comfortable with, with you know. Did you see the brothers who went out the next day and um escorted. Yes, and that young lady. Yeah, escorted the young lady. And that was dope. 
But I'm like, yo, we got to do more of that. But I mean, for anybody that's on my live, I feel like you should, if you're on this live, you should know this. But if you don't, let's share. Fam, the gun laws only exist because the Black Panthers marched their asses into the California legislature in 1966. That's Before the that, that's why. the sole reason we have gun laws in America. Like, that's the only reason why. Because, yo, they said, hold the fucking fuck. Are they serious? They, they trying to, they really mobilize. They really out here. And they, and they do it. They can do it. Like, we couldn't stop them. They couldn't stop them. Yo. The thing is, there's ways around certain things. Like, you know what I'm saying? We was talking. And I don't even want to start going into all this. because this. I is got like, a lawyer on the line. I got it. Like you said, it's a community. It's a community of, 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 of extraordinary gentlemen. <laughs> but you have to be able to build, being comfortable enough to build stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I, we were in the process and, and and built six ARs. That's crazy. You do have to be comfortable. So now we—that's another thing. Let's talk about that real quick. We're gonna end it on that one, yeah, Bam. Yeah, yeah. When you when you building these ARs and you building these things, right? The individual components and stuff like that. Can you acquire, can you help people acquire those things? And you know what I'm saying? Like, within the law... I'll be a thousand percent honest with you guys. This is a very simple thing. You can buy guns in a kit that are a legal kit that will come to you in a box with all the pieces. Now, the way they get around that is we ain't selling you a gun, though. We're selling you parts. Exactly. And now, build you it. put that motherfucker together. I love it. Hey, there you go. Hey, look. My man Dark Spirits YouTube, he said bring me back for the fun show. I'm telling this thing ain't no fun shows. <laughs> it's all it's all serious from here on out. <laughs> we serious as a heart attack. But he did say with an addendum, bring me back for the gun show. And I have to say, this man was the first person to take me to a gun range when I was... Okay. Man, I was about 27, 26, 27, something like that, about 10 years ago, something like crazy. Yo, I was I was so unfamiliar with the concept of legally shooting a gun that it was it was laughable. Like he took me to the range, he picked me up. He had his gun on the back seat in this case or whatever. Yo, as soon as he told me, I'm tensed up. I'm like, dog, what the fuck, man? We about to get locked up out here, man. He's like, relax, B. I got all my shit. I'm safe, safe, safe. Like, he just typed it in. Safety, safety, safety. Safety, safety. Relax. Yes, we good. We walked into the range. Safety, safety, safety. When I when I, when I shot the gun, safety, safety. I learned so yeah. much in that, that first trip right there. It informed all my shooting experiences from there on out. And not enough of us have that base of knowledge. We don't have that base of knowledge. Like the comfortable, just being able to comfortably hold a gun, knowing how to 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 to, to put a round in the chamber, how to take a round out of the chamber, Family, how you? to how to put a bullet in the clip. I love like it. Simple things of that nature. We are not. We are. We not don't really know. Niggas think because they seen above the rim like ten times, they know. And no, you don't. Like you just because you seen belly, mm-hmm. you don't know. And you shooting a gun like this. <laughs> yeah, it don't work like that. Look, Ashley. Ashley Perkins says she says she's a single woman who lives alone, and she feels like she should own a gun. Like you know, there's we need to educate the ladies. Ashley, 
Ashley, listen, come by your cousin's house. I got you. Hey, I love that. See? There you go. Family, the, the community putting it together. It's a community. Man, for real, we got to take care of each other. Hey, look, my wife from Texas, she, 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 she has a concealed license. She's about that life. Hey, listen, she good with me then, because I'm trying to tell you. It's the way to go, bro. It's it the way is. to go. Like, I'm not, I'm, like, I, I was, like, I was saying in a group, I was in a group meet early. I was like, y'all ain't got to worry about me being on no T-shirt. Hey, listen. That's a good caveat. And then, We'll figure it out. We're going to figure it out. Hey, look, if I go in for shooting, fam, if I go in for shooting the cop, just write me a letter. That's it. I'm going to write back. You know what I'm saying? Because I know I'm going to be in that hole having to fight every day for my life. Because you know that's what it is. They try to, they, they assassinate us in a way that's slower. The slow death is more harmful to us because we used to dying quick. Our lives have been reduced to statistics in a lot in a big way. So, like the when someone death dies, is generational as well. Right, bro. you know what I'm saying? The That's death is generational. Right, we've been, well, you, we've been, they've been slow killing us since forever. For gener- man, I gotta tell you, this book that I've been reading, this whole quarantine, it just it's the it's the favorite thing I've read in almost ever. It talks literally about how this man. As, as how we ended up being the most violent inmate in the history of New York penitentiaries. But his whole family been criminals since slavery, fam. And they come from criminal people who bought and sold them. That is who, that is how they became, that is how this whole entire ethic ethos took over their family. It traveled from South Carolina all the way up to New York City. That's what they was about, the Boscat family. They was about gangster shit. And their owner yeah. was about gangster shit. And that's yeah. the history of American violence. And what we keep, we gotta know who we dealing with out here. We can't we can't keep marching and asking for forgiveness to a violent people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We have only been we have only been shown violence and we keep asking. Right. We're at like so we, we can't I, ask. Like you said, yo. I'm not I can't ask no more. And you and ask. you got the information. You got the education on, and we're not calling it violence. We're calling it self-defense, fam. You got the education on self-defense. Because all that, like, I'm glad we all on the same page on this live. All that marching shit is muerto. We good on that. We gonna start the black on. We gonna start this black on gun ranges, gun clubs. Gun ranges, yeah. We got a lot. We we gonna start these, man. Hey, Ma, gun show real soon, family. Man, thank you for checking in, man. Good to see you, boy. Likewise, my dude. You know how we exactly. We we always at the right place at the right time, family. Whenever I come back, dog, I'm gonna have to get in line. Pull up on me at the shop. Soon as soon as the shop over, yo, you know you was. My bad. Yeah, yeah. Man, yo, Black Broadway the core report, man. I love all of y'all for checking in today, man, because it's been a lot of a lot of things, you know, a lot of ideas exchanged here. And one of the big ideas that's being exchanged here, man, off the break, ladies and gentlemen, protect yourselves, man. This is a predatory society we live in. I'm past asking why. There's no why. There is no who. Look, my man, Jew, we've been going all all in this the whole entire time, man. There is no why. There is no explanation. One of my favorite things to tell my son is the only place that's fair is where they judge pigs, all right? That's where they sell elote. Somebody asked a 
You know what I'm saying? Anybody got any questions? Anybody else want to get on this live? Get on, because I'm sure Instagram got to tick me down. What do you say? Do you think that our uh, people don't fight back out of fear or because they're apathetic? Okay. You know, that's... I, I'm going to say it's fear. Um... This young lady made a documentary called uh, What Happened to Chocolate City. What's her name? Mignote. It's a good joint. It's good about uh, gentrification in D.C. If you ever check that, if you ever online, you want to check something cool out about D.C., got to tell you a real story. What Happened to Chocolate City is real good. Anyway, there's this little part of that joke where she talks about the um, metaphor of a Mexican jumping bean. And you can take this Mexican jumping flea, should I say, and you can put it in a jar. Now, the Mexican jumping flea will jump to the top of that jar and keep banging his head on the top of that jar. And when you take that jar off, the Mexican jumping bean will only jump to the limit of the jar. It won't jump any further. Not because it can't, just because it has been trained to. So that's where we at. I think it's a mix of fear and apathy. My man, Jew, checking in from the west side, baby. What's up, man? What's happening, family? How you doing, man? I'm chilling, man. Good to see you, brother. Um, I tried to avoid this shit yesterday. Yo, me too. Me too. Yeah, um, it hit me like a ton of bricks today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just tired of people that, that I guess, are doing the, the reposting tweets every week. It's like, what are you doing? What are we doing? Who's that for? Like, it's cool for you to repost it every week. and. Babe, you know, I was sick of niggas with that run for a mod shit. shit. But I ain't. Like, after you run for those people, what are you doing? What are you doing? You gonna like, take a shower and then what? Right now? Y'all running for a mod today? They're right. What happened? Dude. I mean, what are we What are we doing? Performative activism has never, ever been my way. It's hashtag culture. Hashtag culture is not it's, my it's way. the same shit as, like, buying shit that's on trend. Right. Get the fuck out. Hype beast shit. Niggas want to be hype beast activist. How does that work, bro? I just It, it frightens me, work. too, because it cheapens the whole entire movement, and it cheapens the goals. It makes them seem like they're trivial goals, like they're going to be off-trend one day. Like, What's the cause of the day? Nigga, Black Lives Matter isn't the cause of the day. It is the cause of life, bro. Like, exactly. I made made the comment yesterday on Twitter, like, um, I was like, I'm laughing because I'm like, they're telling us we should should mobilize non-violently. I was like, I wish they shut the fuck up. Mobilize what? My man, my man was like, mobilize for what cause? Right. And mobilize what, what vehicle? It's an issue that you can ask for what cause. That means it's too fucking many. Exactly. Thank you. That Now, that's real, Jude. Now, if you was to even... I know this is a huge question. But if you were to even try to zero in on a unifying cause... You know how like people would say they, they're about reparations. Or some people right. are about... Uh, decarceration, like prison abolishment. Uh, you know what I'm saying? If you could zero in on the largest cause you think we could be unified on, what you think it would be? The largest cause? The largest, you know, thing you could you think you could get the most people behind. That could get everybody together. Yeah, we could get, we could get niggas behind this. Huh? It should be us being killed every day. I totally agree. I, you know, we might be at a breaking point because COVID definitely got people on with sin. Nigga, we been at one. No, I'm talking about like a physical one, like really where niggas pull the trigger and actually do it. Because, you know, like COVID got niggas antsy. 
Fam, 10 people got killed in Chicago this weekend. 49 people got shot. Imagine if that type of firepower was mobilized towards an actual objective. Say that again. In Chicago, this Memorial Day weekend, 10 people died and 49 people were shot. And that's just on the books because you know how the hood go. Niggas get shot and don't go to the hospital. But, yo. Imagine if that type of firepower, that type of aggression, that type of, you know, was directed somewhere else. else. And and imagine the response to that. You know what I'm saying? Like that. It would be be all out war. It would be war. Bring bring them niggas back from Afghanistan. Fuck that. We going to fight in Chicago. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, bro. Thank you. I'm glad I do a podcast. Yeah. The live is the live, but <laughs> I'm glad it's I mean, on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, it's just upset, man. Because like, like I work in the real corporate world, so like, like I see like the underhandedness, the fucking passive aggressive. The Amy Cooper you play. I mean? it's like the Amy Cooper even, play. Even shit like bringing your ideas to the table that'll actually help your company. They looking at you like, you know what I'm saying? Just because of how you look. It's crazy, Joe. And you I can imagine. I mean. Like, being a black man in the real-life corporate world, bro, like, you, you've you had to, you know, deal with some shit. You got to see some shit. I'm, like, I'm, I'm for real. Like, and, and I'm the guy that's going, like, if I don't like something that happens, if I don't make an example of you out of you immediately, I'm the guy that's sliding to your office and shutting the door. Damn. You got to. talk to you off the record. And, and, and like, like is, is that not exhausting, my guy? I couldn't imagine. I'm a barber, my nigga. I cut hair. I... The, the years that I worked in a barbershop where the majority of my clientele was like white guys, bro, killed yeah. me. Killed it's the thing, though. It's not just them doing it to us. Okay, it's you're right. doing it, too. Ooh, speak on last, that. Like, the last issue I had in, in the corporate world was like black people in management positions. <laughs> Talk about it. Shit. And they, and they, and they just as... They just as they just as conniving and fucking bad as, as, as white folks. Because people want things. They have these objectives. Like, they want right. this little, but this you bullshit. On, you don't have to step on people who look like you to get it. Exactly, fam. And I don't know, why, I don't know where people got that idea from. You mm. know what I'm saying? It's like, we can use each other to advance. But instead of doing that, it's like, oh, he's a threat to me because he's got better ideas than me. No, nigga, I'm bringing these ideas to make you look good. <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> And not only that, to make whatever enterprise we're involved in together the best it can possibly be. Like get that. they'll push you out because you're a threat. Ain't we trying to? Ain't we all trying to make money? We should form together and be a threat to all of them. That's crazy. We know. And that's exactly what we should do, Joe. That's exactly what we should do. But you, that man, I love whoever just checked in Grace with that comment. Capitalism is very divisive. It is divisive. Man, it's such a it's such a mean and dirty game. I, like I got in cool with like we had a CFO mm-hmm. that was a contractor at our at our at our job, mm-hmm. and I watched him how he was trying to play me and then play the two people I was going in between. Uh, but they didn't know I was already talking directly to the owner. And it's crazy because this is like your it's life. Like, and I'm like, yeah, this is my livelihood. This is how you eat. This is how you feed your children. Like, like we're playing games daily. This is crazy. Absolutely, man. And I I I swear, a part of me, a big part of me. Always knew I wasn't built for that shit. <laughs> like, cause yo, I'm gonna say it's something. A, it's just a whole different thing. It's just like what we deal with on a day to day. Right. But it's like 
people people dressed up. Yeah, exactly. You know so what I'm like, so now we niggas don't have on baggy clothes. Niggas got shoot, a, a suit and tie on, and you on conference calls, and then and then meet with these people every day. Absolutely, these microaggressions. That's just as yeah. dangerous. That's what I'm saying. Like we got two ends of the same spectrum in the same weekend. Like mm-hmm. the the microaggression, the Amy Cooper thing in Central Park. That's like a microaggression. That shit has happened. That shit happened. I like that to happen, though, because, like, those are teaching moments. I call those teaching Yeah, moments. I agree. That happens to me in a store. Yeah, that shit happens. In a parking lot. <laughs> like, I make an example for them to, to, for them to know that whatever you're doing or, or think is right, that shit's fucked up. And I'm going to tell you why it's fucked up. I might Immediately. have to scream on you. Right, but I'm going to have to get you out here. Shit to somebody that look like me, yeah. you at least going to think about, hey, hey, last time I did this, this is what happened to me. Maybe I won't do it today. Yo. It, you gotta get like that approach to it. It's like don't just ignore that shit if you see somebody doing it to somebody else. Thank that, you. Like I spoke up for somebody else. Thank you. And that's you the and I mean? that's because the play we on. If you don't check them, nobody they're not gonna self check them. So Thank you, Juice. So that's the play. That's the play we on. And that's and that goes from the extreme end of when they're actually about to take somebody's life to these small microaggressions that they commit on us every day in the office, in the grocery store, wherever. Exactly. That don't make no fucking sense. It's fucking ridiculous, man. Jude, I'm not going to sit there and watch you get kneeled on. I'm not having it. I'm going to jail. And I'm cool with that. I'm going to jail with you. I'm going to jail. We're going to laugh together. Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, and that's that. Man, it, Jude. Instagram telling me I got 36 seconds left, man, because you know, because I'm not D nice, man. I had to get that off my chest. I love it, man. I love you for coming on, man. Thank you for checking in, tapping in with us from LA, baby, man. You know what I'm saying? Stay safe out there, man. You too, man. My man, Jew, man, for real. Solid dude right there, man. Always, man, ahead of the curve. Always thinking outside the box. Always somebody that the, the clowns will follow, man. Listen, it's Black Broadway, the Quill Report. We rocking and rolling, man, man. My man, Jew, man, always was making sure that he was able to use his platform, his mind, in a certain kind of way, in a certain way to put people on to some shit, not just that it was cool, but why it was cool and how it was cool. And I appreciate the brother for that, man. Today's Instagram live was so popping, man, that I I'm still talking and the live is over. It's done. I gotta put it, I gotta put it up on the live. But yo, you're listening to Black Broadway, The Core Report, episode six. Man, I appreciate everybody who clocked in, everybody who had comments, everybody who really was just listening and adding on. We're gonna continue to do this every day, live around five. You know, whatever you're doing, pull up. Holla at me. Black Broadway, The Core Report. We'll be back tomorrow. Peace.